0: You've already found the best Dolphins coverage in South Florida or anywhere else on 3 yards per carry. Why not find the best heat coverage, too? Over at 5 on the floor, we give you insider analysis, but also from a fan's perspective. So join myself, Ethan Skolnick, as well as Alex Toledo, Alphonse Sidney, Greg Sylvander, and special guests for all the heat coverage as they make this playoff run in the bubble you can catch us on all the same podcast feeds that you find three yards per carry and also on our YouTube channel where we've got original shows streaming shows commentaries videos directly from zoom and the players and much much more that's the five on the floor podcast on the five reason sports network welcome to three yards per Carry, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon.
1: And we're on, and welcome to 3 Yards for Carry. This is a preview show of Thursday Night Football against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm Alfredo Arteaga. Simon Clancy is here. Chris Kaufman is here. And as always, we are brought to you by Biscayne Bay Brewing Company. They're Miami Pale Ale. You know, you know already what I'm going to say. Their are Saison, my favorite. The Tropical Bay IPA. The Marlins... Lager.
2: great.
1: That's Hooray. good, right? You know, well, where. Better be, than it was. Yeah. Oh, anything was better than Lager or Lager or whatever the fuck I was saying. But, it's, of it's course. Better than Kalen Belager. No. Yeah, exactly. Well, if his name was Belager, it would be better. Okay. Alf
2: would drink Kalen Belager if he was offered to him. <laughs> and yes, people, that is a sexual connotation.
1: <laughs> oh. As always, you can get it at Total Wine, ABC Liquors, Publix, or just have it delivered to you via Instacart. Go to BiscayneBayBrewing.com for more information. Okay. We're going to get into the odds of this game later on when Chris reads my bookie. But safe to say there's some expectations now. Okay. You come kind of close against the Bills. I'm sorry, you have a lead in the fourth quarter you feel as if you should win, then all hell breaks loose in your secondary. You know, the secondary that you paid in excess of what? $160 million over the next four years? for. So, yes, there's some expectations to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. Simon, are you looking at this game the same way I'm looking at it? Expecting a win, and if they don't get the win, I'm upset, and I'm upset at the construction of this team and maybe even the coaches of this team?
2: Uh, I'm not expecting a win. I think the Jaguars, based on the way the season started, will beat the Dolphins comfortably. I mean, Mm. they beat the Indianapolis Colts and they lost by three points when driving down the field to win the game. And essentially, they shot themselves in the foot because they, you know, (laughs) against the Titans, Miles Jack essentially was flagged for pass interference after a third down stop, putting the Titans in position for Goskowski to, to kick the game winning field goal. Minshew threw a pick at the end of the game, which essentially just bounced off somebody's helmet and into the hands of uh, a bounce off Jeffrey Simmons' helmet and got picked off by Harold Landry. And then Josh Lambeau botched a squib kick at the end of the first half, driving it straight at one of the Titans defenders uh, and it bobbled forward as Titans picked it up. Ryan Tannehill threw the ball 20 yards and and, and Goskowski kicked a, a bonus three points. The Titans ended up winning by three. The, the Jaguars are essentially a couple of mistakes away from being two and zero, oh, having beaten an Indianapolis Colts team that a lot of people thought was going to go to the playoffs, and the Tennessee Titans, who went to the AFC Championship game. Um, they've got a quarterback playing absolutely outstanding football in Gardner Minshew. They've got a lot of really good talent on the perimeter. Um, DJ Chark's one of the most underrated players in the league. Keelan Cole's playing well. Although DJ Chark
1: has an injury, he's you know he's iffy for this game.
2: Well, he is iffy, but I expect the, the the latest report I saw about half an hour ago said the expectation was that he was going to play. Levisca Chenault's playing very well. Tyler Eifert caught a touchdown and, uh, and had a good start to the season. And they've got this kid, the undrafted running back James Robinson, who had a hundred plus yards at the weekend. Yeah, he has a um, good him Defensively, you know, you look at players like see, C- I mean, CJ Henderson has been absolutely bawling out the first two weeks. They've still got. I mean, I know they got rid of a lot of talent, but they've still got. At Miles Jack, Taven Bryant, start the season gangbusters. Um, you know, Caleb and Chase are coming on. So, you know, I think there's issues there. Obviously, they're not a you know, I don't think they're a fantastic team, but at home and a short week with a quarterback playing really well, we you know, Byron Jones out. I, for me, I'm you know, I'm going Jaguar's win.
1: Hmm. Wow. <laughs> okay, Chris. Are you with me that there's some expectations? Essentially, the Jaguars are a two-point favorite, which means pick them in the NFL. So are you with it, it, me? That Come on, do something extraordinary. A- a- exceed expectations just once. And the expectations in this game is to overcome a team that is essentially a two-point favorite against you. Beat somebody. No? Yeah, so, no.
0: Uh, this is – if anything, I would think the expectation should be exactly what Simon just described. I mean, this is – this is the uh, Jacksonville Jags team that, you know, they just, they just really took it to uh, a strong Tennessee team, and then they beat the, the Colts in the first, uh, first week of the season. The Colts, you know, went back and, and, um, and won in the second week. So the Dolphins are 0-2, and, you know, they, they obviously played a pitiful game against the New England Patriots. They for probably played a pitiful half against the uh, Buffalo Bills and then started to get it going more. uh, Although just as they started to get it going, their defense starts to, you know, wilt and and Josh Allen is passing all over them. So yeah, you could say the dolphins don't really have anything going right for them. And the Jags have been the strong team. Um, I do notice though, that as you say, it's basically a pick'em, And, I think there are reasons for that, and for that reason, you know, uh, spoiler alert: I, I am I am going to pick the Dolphins to win this game, um, and I think that it's just because, for once, for once, I think matchups are going to matter um, in this game, and I think that the they matter in this game because you, you don't have a quarterback in you don't have a quarterback that's going to really challenge your defense in multiple ways the way that um, Josh Allen and Cam Newton could in the first two weeks uh, in the ground game. I think that, um, that you, you get a little bit more of a stationary pocket quarterback. And so I think the, the pass rush has a, a chance of doing more damage that way and not worrying as much. Uh, I think that the, one of their big one of their strong players, Tyler Eifert, uh, is going to match up against one of the few guys on defense that's been playing consistent football uh, for both weeks, and that's Eric Rowe. Um, so I think that uh, I think that that's going to be. I, I I don't see, see that that's going to favor the Jags um on offense I think that DJ Chark is uh is banged up a little bit and if he does play the Dolphins are not going to repeat the mistake that they made last week of having rookie in the second game you know as a pro in his third season even playing defense you travel up and down the field all over all over the field and man coverage for 15 minutes at a time um against a really good receiver like that. Uh, I think that they're going to have Xavier Howard uh, with DJ Chark, and I think that that's going to give Noah Igbenogane a chance to to settle down against, uh, against lesser talent. Um, I think that uh, if you look at on the offensive side of the ball for the Miami Dolphins, uh, we have Mike Gesicki playing out of his mind. And I think that if, if Mike Gesicki can't have a good day Against um, against Andrew wingard and Josh Jones in coverage, then I don't know who's going to have. I mean, then I would be stupefied, frankly. Um, so and and even I, I recognize that Miles Jack is a good player and and all, but um, but he's not a big player, and I think that that's a mismatch as well. And I think that um, you know, so yeah, this is this is a second week where go ahead and start Mike Gosicki in fantasy. This is. Potentially, unless they just double them all the way. And if they double them all the way, that opens up a lot of other things because you take one thing away, then you open something else back up. So uh, if you have to, depending on how far you have to go to take it away. So, um, so I think that that matchup is going to be key. Um, I think that uh, the, the Dolphins offensive line has actually showed me a couple of things in the, especially in, in points of week two. So that. I, I find that kind of interesting, um, and, and I think that the, uh, the, they, the, or the corners or, or the secondary of the Jags can't really – I don't know that they can sit down and just play and, um, and, and take things away and frustrate us the way, for example, the New England secondary can. I think that New England – I think that they're different. Um, and so, you know, we come in with an offense that's frankly hot I mean, in the second half of that Buffalo Bills game, really started to cut, to get going, and um, and so off of only a couple of days layoff, they can bring some of that momentum in there, and so I think that offensively we will bring in momentum defensively uh, against um, Gardner Minshew as a stationary quarterback with a popgun arm. I'm not really that scared. Um, you know, even though he's playing really well within himself, I think that we match up particularly well there because we do have that secondary that we're going to match up man to man and and really force. You know, we're not going to give him easy passes. No. And so, um, so I think, yeah, I think I think we're going to come away with a victory. But I can certainly see Simon's point. You know, why why the expectation should not be the general consensus expectation should not be Dolphins victory
1: yeah absolutely well they don't deserve they don't deserve expectations what I'm saying is is at what point do we start saying look you bought enough talent you drafted enough talent the mm-hmm. talent that you drafted is actually playing pretty good I'll give you another one Austin Jackson we we haven't I don't think we've mentioned him enough in this podcast that's now two good games against two difficult defenses against the Bills because he had to match up against Hughes and I thought he did a damn good job this week I think it's his toughest challenge really right Josh Allen like, oh, yeah. that, that's, that's a tough challenge for Austin Jackson. You know, I don't know enough about Austin Jackson in college. I, I saw very little of him, you know, in college. I just saw his last year, but I don't know, you know, how he did against speed rushers, but he's facing two of them, really, in this game. I'm excited to see him in this matchup. So I guess I'll ask you, Simon, uh, you don't see them winning, but how do you, do you see them winning? What do they have to do to win this game?
2: What I think is quite interesting about the Jaguars in the first two games, just looking at it and, and thinking back to week one, is they have started slowly in both games. You know, yes. they've been down, they were down, certainly down 14 nothing, I think, against the Titans and then maybe down 21... I don't know. I can't remember what that score was. 21-10, 20, 20, maybe. 21, yeah, 24-10. They were down at half-time. 24-10, right. so, so I think getting up early, you know, the Dolphins didn't play very well in the first half against the Patriots, didn't play very well in the first half against the Bills, a strong first half. I actually think... The, 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 there's a bit of me that thinks Tua will play on Thursday night. Mm. Uh, maybe that Fitzpatrick will get injured and and, and we'll see, I think a, a little bit of Tua uh, for the first time. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. Not that not, I'm wishing an injury on Fitzpatrick. I just think... He he got loose a bit on Sunday, and I don't just mean loose as in he got uh, escaped the pocket, which he did. He just got a little bit Fitzpatricky, lost his helmet, lost his shoe, took a few hits, and that that tends to happen when he gets in rhythm. He tends to think that he's invincible. It's it's magic to watch, and it's part of what makes him such a great character, such a fascinating player to to watch when he's when he's in in that rhythm. But, you know, he always does seem like he's one hit away from having to go to the sideline, even for a few plays. Well, uh, um, Jesse Davis
1: so, tried the, you know, committed attempted murder in the last game. I don't know if you remember mm-hmm. that play. <laughs> Josh, Allen moves, I, I think, Josh
0: Allen moves around enough that I, I wouldn't, you know, I, I, I'm not sure about the Austin-Jackson matchup. I think Josh, Josh Allen's going to come from the left mm-hmm. um, against Jesse yeah, Davis. Yeah, he tends to rush from yeah. the
2: left, Allen. Yeah. yeah. I, think, um, I I think establishing the run, obviously is very important, but as Chris alluded to on last week's podcast, you know, the Dolphins are very much trying to use the pass to open up running lanes and stuff. I think getting Kasicki involved, you know, again, uh, you know, Andrew Wingard came in to replace, um, to replace uh, Gerard Wilson, got picked on a lot against the the Titans, Tannehill, and, uh, you know, had a real, um, had a real luck with with Johnny Smith, who's you know obviously one of the best titans in the NFL, um, picking on wing guard. So I, I suspect we'll see a fair bit of that. Thing that would concern me obviously is that Minshew isn't isn't particularly mobile, but he he manipulates the pocket really well. He's very very accurate. But you know they're, they're using LaVisca Chenault. He's a starting wide receiver and he's the backup running back. Um, they're using him all over, and that's the sort of thing that Dolphin you know the Dolphins don't handle that sort of they don't handle mobile quarterbacks very well. They don't handle guys like Chenault very well. Um, obviously, Chark will have to get over the, the chest injury, but as I said, it looks like he he will. Um, I just think the Dolphins need to get out and start playing early and get a lead, a bit like they did against Pittsburgh last year. But but you know, get through a second half, frankly, and, and try and hold on. Um, the team isn't particularly. I mean, I say it's not built to play from behind. Actually, actually, they're probably our best when they're playing from behind because they just you know Fitzpatrick can just sling it. Um, but it would be nice just to win one comfortably. But I just don't see it. I don't see it happening. I, I think the Jaguars will have too much. They'll have too much pass rush. I think they'll have too much with Robinson. I think Minshew will just pick the team apart if if given the opportunity. Um, so yeah, I, I, that's what I would. That's what I predict will happen on Thursday night.
1: Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. As far as uh, the, the running game is key, and they got to somehow get some of it. You know, they got to get that same running game that they had against the Buffalo Bills that was complementing the passing game. You know, they they. It showed pretty decent numbers. Got you down to the to the one yard line on on a second and ten. Eleven yard run by Matt Breda. Another time they busted one on third on second and six. Uh, you know, avoiding third down is sometimes a very good thing. And that's something they did a couple of times with the running game against the Buffalo Bills. It has to be a compliment to this team. The way they built this team, it's really it's really built to run the ball, you know, twenty five to thirty times and not really just throw it all over the lot. We've already had that experience, and I don't think it's a a, a winning formula. So they're going to have to get the running game involved. Jaguars have been very good against the run. Uh, Week one against the Colts, they shut it down. Henry had 84 yards this past week on 25 carries. So he was not much of a factor. It was really Ryan Tannehill lighting him up. So, you know, back to DJ Shark. Yeah, like don't do this again. Don't put a rookie on DJ Shark, especially he's a guy that that he wins vertically and you know who who plays free safety for us. So, you know, just double him. If you have to play Noah Ibenagane on him at times because you don't want to flop, you don't want to flip your corners, then fine. Just double him, which is something I wanted them to do against the Bills and they didn't. And when they did, you know, we just didn't have the guy to play it correctly in McCain. But yeah, you know, start establishing what you got and what you got, especially in short yardage. I think they have. I think the Dolphins find found something in short yardage with Solomon Kenley. They've been successful on third and one several times already this season. Start establishing them in the running game. You know that right side of the line moves people, and the running game has had its moments. Make it have more moments. Have more carries. Make it a focal point of your entire attack. Shorten the games if necessary, because if the defense is not gonna be what you think it is, then maybe they need some help by, although the, the Dolphins did have, you know, did win the time of possession against the Bills, maybe that just has to be the formula going forward. So let me ask you this, Chris. You look at the Jaguars, and before the season, everybody was saying, oh, my God, you know, Tankapalooza, here it comes. And we were wondering, well, you know, Minshew was just too good last year for them to tank. But you look at the roster, like, I'm looking at like, what have they really lost? I really like this roster. What do you think of it?
0: No, def- defensively, I can see why they've. I can see why they've. Um, they've let. They especially this week uh, against uh, Tennessee. Why they they let up some things? I mean, I listen. I I I get excited about. I've always liked C.J. Henderson. Um, you know, back going back in college, but if if you're Miami and you have again, this goes back to the individual matchups if you're Miami and you have two particularly tall big guys as your receivers and about them, we will probably a thousand times argue about whether this is the right receiver makeup or mix, you know, what we need to add to it. Um, but the fact of the matter is that you have Devonte Parker and Preston Williams for now. And, and so you're going against two guys and CJ Henderson and Trey Herndon who are small, frankly. Um, you know, they're, they're not, they're, you know, CJ Henderson is listed six one. We know that's not true. Um, and you know, Trey Herndon's a lot smaller than that. And, and the guy that they have, you know, they also have DJ Hayden who is not really playing good football and really never has. Um, and so, you know, the, this, the, if you're, if your big tall receivers are going to make any hay against anybody, it's, it's going to be against these corners. And then you look at the defensive front and, um, you know, I like Devon Hamilton. I, I like Taven Bryan. Um, it doesn't mean that they're playing particularly well, though. Um, I like Josh Allen. He is playing well. Um, and Caleb and Jason, you know, he's a rookie, and he's all I right. I've, we've always loved Miles Jack. Joe Schobert was a solid addition. I, I'm looking play, at seven. a team – yeah, he's a good player. Uh, but I'm looking at a team that's like, you know, it's solid or, or defense that's like, you know, maybe – maybe mediocre to sub mediocre, uh, just by the makeup of what, what they're of what they have going for them. Um, and then on the offense, you know, it, it, it does boil down to whether you're, you know, there's going to be, there's believers in, and Gardner Minshew and he's creating more of them every, every day. Um, but at the same time, you know, he, he reminds me of, of Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, um, which is to say, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, kind of the older Ryan Fitzpatrick, the one that we're questioning whether he's still got the arm and stuff like that, because Gardner Minshew does not have an arm. And, and you know, he, he's got some moxie to him, but he, yet it's not real true mo- mobility. Um, it's, you know, I, I wonder if there are teams that can match up the, on them in man coverage and depending on so, so Miami, I think what a, a big matchup on this one is going to be somebody like Jerome Baker, because Gardner Minshew is going to want to and and Kyle Van Van Noy for the for that matter, because we saw Kyle Van Noy really two weeks in a row the anticipation that he has um, in the passing game can be invaluable at times. I mean, we saw we saw what he did. You know, have that dropped pick um, mm-hmm. against Josh Allen. Uh, you know those guys can be big because if we are matching up well with our corners in man, like Xavier Howard on DJ Shark, if 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 he plays even, and um, and Eric Rowe on uh, on Tyler Eifert, and you know, and Lavisca Chinalta isn't even a guy that will match up on people in man, but if you if you if you're doing all right with Noah Igbinogene. Um, playing against somebody like Chris Conley, you know, uh, who's, who's got speed. And, but, you know, Noah Igbenogany's got speed too. Um, if you're able to do that uh, on the outside and in the secondary and play man and, and cause, you know, some Gardner Minshew to have to just keep dumping it off uh, underneath, but then you also have some speed underneath with Jerome Baker – and some anticipation with you know maybe Kyle Van Noy making a play here and there. That's a good. I, I think that's a good. Uh, that's a good mix uh, for matching up with the Jacksonville Jaguars. The one thing that could bust it open, and this is for for the for the Jags, is their offensive line, because they have a pretty good offensive line in my opinion. Uh, AJ Can, Andrew Norwell, that's a good guard combo. Um, you know, Jawan Taylor. We all, I think we like yeah. a lot yes. coming yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. um cam cam robinson is playing really well right now um so i think that you know they have a good offensive line and if they just start mowing you down in the ground game that's where it really it really just you know everything will start to fall apart
1: yeah and that cannot happen but i say no, that yeah. you know it's it's time to have some expectations you know, like when are we gonna when are we gonna exceed expectations? We did we did it last year, right? Well, do it this year when you bought a bunch of players and you drafted a bunch of players, and the players that you drafted are actually playing good. So it's time for some of these vets to actually perform. You know, mm-hmm. some expectations. You're a two point underdog. That's them. Win, win a them game. Okay, you were six point underdogs against the Buffalo Bills. Nobody really thought that you could beat the Buffalo Bills. You played okay. Well, guess what? Now that exceed, you know, you've exceeded, you exceeded expectations and losing to the bills enough of that, you know, do something extraordinary for once. Right. It's time, right. Time to grow up just a little bit. Okay. Well, and for
0: perspective, for perspective, I think, you know, the difference between an optimistic viewpoint right now versus our pessimistic viewpoint with the dolphins is that massive stinker that they went up and laid in New England. Yes. I mean, that's because otherwise, you know, Buffalo was supposed to be a really good team, and we knew that Miami isn't going to be as good right now as they will be later uh, because they are that kind of team. I mean, any any team like uh, under Brian Flores probably is going to be like that. Um, you know, and and yet they, they did cover, and they, you know, they, they played them pretty tight, and it, it came down to it. Um, but it was that massive stinker up in New England that, that just leaves such a sour taste in our mouth. It was that is probably – It was listless. Yeah, it was. It was. And it was um, – and, and they carried – it carried over into the first half of the Buffalo game. Mm-hmm.
1: But uh, so, all, I'm, all I'm saying is if you saw the Chargers and they told Justin Herbert 10 seconds before kickoff, he says, oh, it was like right at kickoff, they told me, hey, go warm up because you're starting against the Kansas City Chiefs, against the defending champions. That, that game was a fist fight, all right? It was a great football game. It went into overtime. The Chiefs won, but it went into overtime. Like, you can't be a Charger fan today and be upset that you lost that game because yeah. they played well. Well, guess what? That's an extraordinary performance, right? How about the Dolphins start doing some of that stuff? It ain't like they, like they lack the talent to win a game here and then that they shouldn't win, right? Because they did it last year without talent. You went out and you bought a bunch of people, you drafted a bunch of guys, and in my opinion, I think they hit on quite a few of them because I, I love Austin Jackson so far. Solomon Kinley, you know, we can't talk about him enough. So, yeah, do something extraordinary. I don't believe that beating a team that is a two-point favorite is crazy. So
0: And who knows? You know, maybe if Preston Williams catches that ball in the end, end zone, they did, they would have done something extraordinary this weekend. Who knows? Right,
1: exactly. So, so so yeah, you know, but he did drop it. And by the way, that's another thing. And I guess we we should talk about that before we get out of here. Simon, uh, what do you make of Preston Williams' start? This is a bad start. Yeah, really
2: bad. He needs to, you know, he needs to step up and quickly, frankly. Um, Yeah, he's been really disappointed. He can't get open. You know, the the drop catches have been something that have plagued him, both at at college and um, uh, in the pros. And he's got to, you know... I mean, I thought that goal line four play monstrosity was a bit of a disaster, frankly, um, mm-hmm. in terms of the play calling. But you know, that was a bad. It was a bad drop. I mean, I'm not. I'm not sold. He would have got in. Frankly, I don't think he. You know, necessarily would have got in. He might have been stopped. But he, I mean, you got to catch the ball first to see whether or not you're even going to get in the end zone. He couldn't even do that. So, you know, it he's was not behind him. Up. It was behind it was him. That's probably him. wasn't a great. That's that's
0: probably one of the reasons, why it might not have even been a touchdown if if he if he did catch it right yeah he's just not the previous um,
1: play by the way uh, Mike Gusecki was wide open you just got to throw it at the flag at the back at the back mm, of the end zone not you know not at the corner and force Gusecki to make a play on it so yep yeah so he he just kind of deserves some blame on that you know that that goal line stand
2: definitely definitely yeah he needs to step up
1: I'll take devil's advocate
0: here though, though because you know in the first week he faced steven gilmore a lot and you know he he had some he had some catches i believe what do you have a couple of catches in the game um
1: he had um he had a two for 41
0: yeah and he had some he had some catches in the game but also he he drew, he drew pass in,
1: he drew two pass interference calls oh, on yeah, Stephen one gilmore. for 26 and one for 24 you add and, all of that up that's over 90 yards of offense
0: and and i saw several plays i mean i i i featured one on Twitter and and drew it up and everything and that was you know that was a play where where Preston Williams was open against Stephen Gilmore on a uh, on a corner route and you know in in man coverage and you know Fitzpatrick just didn't look at it he decided that he didn't he didn't you know he didn't like the uh the pick the switch release and I mean, the switch release was fine. It didn't – there was no disruption to the receivers whatsoever. I think you I think just, like, decided that if, if one of the corners wasn't knocked on his ass, then he was going to check down. And, um, and so, uh, you know, one of the corners was not knocked on his ass, but Stephen Gilmore was not in great position. And Preston Williams, you know, that's either a third pass interference call on Stephen Gilmore or a big catch for Preston Williams. And Preston Williams also had the big catch – in this game, I mean, there's a touchdown drive that happened mm-hmm. because of that. I mean, it's a really well-thrown ball, but also that's a tough cut to catch. Um, so I think, you know, the the thing with him, and I think he's just this kind of player, and I think it's just going to happen, is the bonehead stuff like that drop. And I think it's going to happen. Get ready for it to happen again at some point, maybe next week, week after, some, somewhere. Um, that's just going to happen again. And he showed it last year. But also he was like the leading receiver last year until, until he got hurt and then Devontae Parker got all of his, uh, you know, the extra, the extra targets because of that. So I, you know, I, he's clearly not all there because of the, the recovery from the ACL. And I get that he needs to step up. But I also think, you know, based on what I'm seeing out there uh, being said about him, I also think that's way overdone compared to you know what he's actually been doing and and against against whom.
1: Yeah, you're right. And of course, Chris will tell you now how you can bet on the game and when we come back, we will pick the game.
0: Winning season at returns at my bookie and that's where you can get double your first deposit. Double your first deposit. Get in on the action using promo code 3yards and uh, and that's how you double your first deposit. New players get up to thousand dollars in free play, designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. So uh, get in on my bookie and remember to use the promo code Three Yards. Bet with the best this NFL season for your chance to win big. So your winning season
1: begins today only at my bookie. All right, Simon, prediction time. What happens Thursday night?
2: Jacksonville thirty-one, Miami twenty-four
1: okay so so you have a lot of offense in this game all right so i'll go I'll, i'll say that the dolphins step up and you know before you know a pretty rough week the following week which is seattle week i would say they step up they play a good game they finally play a good game on both sides of the ball and they win 27 20 all right chris what happens That's kind of where I'm I'm going with this. I think that Miami carries momentum into
0: the first half against a team that two weeks in a row are showing that they're really slow in the first half. Um, So I think that Miami can run out to a lead in the first half. I think, you know, clearly they're going to start passing the football and and coming back on Miami, but I don't think it's going to get them to within, you know, a really – a really close um game so i you know something like something like 28
1: 23 something like that all right well we will talk to you guys next week when we will recap this game and of course look forward to seattle later on next week but till then enjoy the game thursday night
0: thanks for listening to three yards per caddy you can subscribe via itunes on podbean or your usual
1: podcast provider.